sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Line hour number two here on Sports Grid, where Dane Martinez and the Candle Burner are trying to give you the edge. You know what's interesting, Kev? We were just talking about like AFC NFC futures bets. We're about to talk about some NFL injury updates, right? But there is a situation that happened yesterday that is not an injury update per se, but could change the balance of futures fortunes for not only AFC teams, but potentially the entire NFL. If you were watching, Watching Tuesday night football yesterday, good old James Brown interrupted and let you know that the New York Jets, my New York Jets, have released Le'Veon Bell. And you see the statement from Joe Douglas. Uh, they are parting ways. They are moving on. And honestly, I, you know, we could talk about it from the drama. We could talk about it from the dumpster fire that is the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. We could talk about how this was never a match and how the new regime inherited him and how they didn't want him and how Gaze is ridiculous with his crazy taco-searching eyes or whatever the case may be. I don't really want to do that. We know the Jets are one of the worst teams in football what i want to talk about is where might lev bell go where could lev bell add value to a team that does still matter here in the nfl you now have a pro bowl all pro caliber running back out there to be had by anybody. It's not like you got to spend the draft pick. It's not like you got to spend even a ton of money because Le'Veon Bell, after all this, maybe has humbled himself and just wants to quote unquote play for a contender. I know there's a lot of names that come out. Twitter was ablaze. Kev, I don't want to talk about the Jets side of this. Please be gentle with me. Let's spin this forward. Where do you think Lev Bell, like what colors is Lev Bell wearing in three weeks? Or do you think... He sits on the sidelines for a while because I don't. I think he gets snapped up real quick. So when Fournette was released, right? Right. We learned that when a running back becomes available at that point of the season, that close, it's hard to check all the boxes to where you have an obvious fit. So when it comes to Le'Veon Bell, right? If I were to say, oh, he could go to Washington. It would be a nice compliment to Antonio Gibson. Yeah, but they're not a contender, right? He's if I were to say he could go to New England and be the most talented back there. Yeah, but Intriguing. they've got four guys already between White, Burkhead, yep. Sony, or Damian Harris. There is a spot that checks every box. Need extra bodies in the running back room can make yeah. him their starting running back, had a running back injury, and is an actual contender, albeit maybe a fluky one, but <laughs> a four-and-one record, yes. record for the Chicago Bears. After the Tariq Cohen injury, this is what we talked about with Devonta Freeman. Devonta Freeman was going to have to wait for an injury. Saquon Barkley unfortunately got injured. Devonta Freeman got a job. 
The Chicago yep. Bears, when Fournette became available, said, we're good with our room. That's fine. I like Tariq Cohen as a player. Montgomery is young. But the room Tariq Cohen is gone, and Montgomery has really not shown himself. I know a back you're very low on in David Montgomery, even during the early goings of this season. Yep. Lev Bell to Chicago makes too much sense. All right, fair enough. As we welcome in our radio audience, Kev, you just want to give Nick Foles the support he needs there, right? But let me ask you this. Come on now. You're like, ah, Nick Foles, we need to get him more weapons so he can ride his way into the playoffs. He doesn't um, need weapons, he, evidently. <laughs> He's fine. Well, if he has Le'Veon Bell, that'll certainly help. Let me ask you this because you're right, right? We can go back to things like Leonard Fournette. There has been certain teams who have already kind of made it known right that they're sort of in that running back market you mentioned new england you mentioned chicago um houston was kind of in that market at a time but they traded for david johnson we'll see about that tampa has addressed that need because they were in that market they brought in uh you know leonard fournette i'm, I'm thinking also about other contenders or teams that are off to hot starts that could use it you know i think about two teams one the arizona cardinals Kenyon drake has underperformed a little bit that kind of offense i think you know you got to think about what the team needs but you also got to think where would lev bell want to go Right. And you talk about the contender aspect. I also think an offense that can let him eat, be a weapon out of the pass game is interesting. I want to bring up one more team, Kevin. This is a team who, by record, is a contender. You're a little bit lower on them. Um, their starting running back is injury prone. What about the Pittsburgh Steelers, Kev? <laughs> yeah yeah i've seen it I, i've seen it bandied around a bit and that ultimately is up to mike tomlin wasn't and, it a money issue wasn't it a money issue yeah but there was a lack of trust there he ain't gonna be and asking for what, so much now no but there there was a lack of trust there that's why someone says i'm because remember he was like he was gonna get franchised. He got franchise tagged. It's a lot of money, right? right? And he goes, right. "Oh, I know what you're gonna do. You're gonna run me into the ground, right?" The same right. way that you very openly are like, "Oh, you know what they're gonna do? 400 carries, bury the guy, and cut him, right?" Like that's yeah. Lev Bell was like, "That's what Pittsburgh is gonna do to me," and that's why he sat out. Like that's what people lose in the whole. He lost the com the battle against Pittsburgh. No, he was avoiding something. I don't know if there's enough trust there for him to go to Pittsburgh, albeit a reasonable fit. Yeah, I think the trust was more Antonio Brown than Lev Bell, but we'll see. He can still help a team. We'll talk about it more when we come back. Other injuries in the NFL as well. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back here, everybody. Right on to the early line, giving you the edge and putting the fun and functional sports content. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And you know what's great? Like when we talk about the Eagles, Kevin's always like, and keep me honest here if I'm saying anything crazy, right? And so then over the break, take you inside radio. He's like, 
we need to still talk about this Adam Gaze and Jet side. I don't want to <laughs> do it. Goodness, I broke out my Jets like voodoo doll pincushion because I'm like, ah, this is ridiculous what I'm seeing with the Jets. So oh, I have this to manage my emotions, Kev. Big mm. shout out to the Stats Overbeat Cypher. But yes, fine. Let's talk about this from the Jets angle. I mean, the angle is obvious. It's a dumpster fire, Jet. Uh, you know, Kev. Like, what, what? What do you want me to do? It's a dumpster fire, and it's also because everyone needs to have an issue with Adam Gaze. Run away from Adam Gaze. Look back at Miami. Some of the players that were persona non grata for him in Miami, they move on, and all of a sudden, they're assets again. Okay, and then he comes to New York, and the same thing happens. Eventually, you gotta look in the mirror. Eventually. We have to acknowledge that Adam Gaze does not know how to manage people and thus be a head coach in the NFL. He could be this savant and so intelligent with his IQ, but it doesn't matter if you don't have the leadership capability, especially in this media market. So I'll tell you what's going to happen. He's going to be gone, but the problem is no one will want to be in this franchise because it's pathetic. And here's the other thing. Dan Quinn takes his team to a Super Bowl. Atlanta still has the testicular fortitude to drop the hammer mid-season. Bill O'Brien has gone to the playoffs year after year after year. The Houston Texans have the testicular fortitude to drop the hammer mid-season. However, in New York, we're going to be playing this game for another three months. Damn it, damn it, damn it. So, Obviously, everything you just said there is correct, and I don't need to be fired up Thanks. because you've handled that well. <laughs> but it's really important for people to understand how much what just happened with Le'Veon Bell really, really encapsulates this entire Gase tenure, albeit a not very long tenure. But I've heard some people, people I respect, Say, that's ah, not as Gase's fault as much as we say. There's no talent on this roster. There's no talent on this roster because of him. Because he can't coach talented players. Because he keeps having issues with these Yeah, players. where's Jamal Adams right now? He's a talented Correct. player. Correct. And it's it, like Gase isn't even the defensive coach. Jamal Adams actively and outwardly really liked the defensive coach on this team. Liked the defensive coach. hang around coach. Adam yeah. Gase. And think about this Le'Veon Bell situation. We can all agree that Lev Bell is not of the status that he was when the Jets signed him. But that should not be a player that you have to release, right? Get absolutely nothing for. Right. But guess what, Dane? And that'll be proven when Le'Veon Bell is unemployed for about 20 hours. But this is the thing. When did they tank Lev's value? Not this year. Not this offseason. Not in the middle of last year. Before he ever put the jersey on. They signed Lev. Then signed Gase. Then we heard that Gase hated the Le'Veon signing. We had Lev Bell trade rumors before they ever started preseason before they ever started the preseason. So did Le'Veon Bell's Jets tenure and some of those issues stem from him? Yes. 
the bowling, sure. the calling out, sure. the my hamstring sure. is fine, when his hamstring wasn't fine. Yes. But he walked into a situation where he thought he was going to be welcomed, going to be adored to a degree. If Only someone pays me $15 million a year, I think I'm welcome also. Correct. Only to watch them basically try and run him out before he ever plays. The guy who recruited him get forced out because he also hated the guy that didn't want Le'Veon Bell there. This is why, of all of the worst coaches in the league, Bill O'Brien's more of a horrible GM than coach, albeit a not very good coach. Matt Patricia, miserable. Dan Quinn, miserable. I would take any of them above Adam Gase. Because you cannot win championships without talent. And this dude can't coach talent. Because there's always a problem. I don't really care whether they fire him in the middle of the year or not. Because we all know what's going to happen. But I've said this after the Thursday night game. You are slaughtering the morale of these players. How they show up to work on Sunday yep. is beyond me. Because what is there to be around? What is the vibe? They're the worst team in football. We all know they're the worst team in football. And all they do on a weekly basis, seemingly, is have another story that's demoralizing. It's brutal. And 0-16 is on the table. It's on the table. Ultimately, I do not think they will go. It's on the table. Ultimately, I do not think they will go 0 and 16. They'll trip someone up. We got Sam Donald trade rumors last Sunday. Adam Schefter yeah, and, and that's the countdown. Thing. Like, like I, oh, I think they're going to be the able to get a second round pick. How does anybody that's the piece show for me. up? Yeah, that's the thing for me. Like, there are, you know, quarterbacks across the history of this league who had talent, but whose careers get completely kneecapped because of other situations. I, you know me, Kev. I do still believe Sam Darnold has it in him, right? But this part that you're talking about can be the end of his productivity in the NFL. I think you're absolutely right. It is unfortunate. Um, interesting stat we just got from our producer. And Le'Veon Bell had 18 games with the New York Jets. He made $28 million for uh-huh. those 18 games. But you're right, Gaze, it's kind of like this. It's got to work my way. I'm the genius. The best coaches in any sport. Right. Adjust to their talent and their personnel and do something that works and fits for the players they have. And think about the good players Gaze has had either in Miami or in New York that have now been gone because he couldn't make it work, in my opinion, because he has to prove that his way is so much, you know, next level savant intelligent. He's trying to be considered the same way Sean McVay is or Cliff Kingsbury is, but he doesn't have the personal skills and the Adapt, adaptive ability to do it. I'm done with this. I will just bang my Jets, damn it, doll, anytime hmm. moving on. You're absolutely right. Although, I do think the Jets will get a win sometime this season. At least I hope. 
hold me to it. Let's still talk. We do have other things to mention. Let's put up these injuries, right? Because finally, we turn the page on week five and go to week six. We have a big list of injuries that we have. And I know Keenan Allen was added to it because of Monday Night Football. What do you think about this back issue? I mean, Mike Mike Williams and kind of, you know, getting him back was big time. Uh, he's a yard or two short in overtime. What do you think about the implication for Keenan Allen? Because I think he was huge for Justin Herbert. Allen was getting targeted a ton. So we know about Dak. We know about Dalvin. We know about some of these other injuries. Keenan Allen's a newer one for me. What do you think the impact is mm-hmm. of uh, that on the Chargers? You know, we talk sometimes about franchises almost feeling as if they are cursed right yeah and i mean dane like you you know yeah. you kind of told me there's you know due to certain circumstances you're like a pseudo charger fan so you've Fair followed enough. this yes, team my very closely there. for a while yes. right like yes dane this is every year they every year they have you're right back breaking field goals missed and key field goals get injuries one it's score losses. Year. Remember on Monday Night Football? Like, I told you they had nine one score losses last year. All of their losses this year. The injury yes. luck for years. The kicking luck that they had. Yeah. No, yeah. Absolutely true. And this is why, like, for me, as much as I genuinely believe that Anthony Lynn cemented he gets fired at season's end, like, there's just certain, like, he had no dirt. Yeah. He said never is going to have Jam- Derwin James out there. Like, there's so Melvin many Ingram's things that down. have gone yeah. wrong with this football team that it makes it such a mountain. And if they can ever just get some of this to regress, like, they're going to be a very sexy pick next year. Deservedly so. Austin Eckler goes down. Can they actually get over this hump? I don't know. Every roster I look at the, uh, every year I look at the roster and I say, SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The first name that jumped out to me on the top of the betting board was Justin Thomas at 12 to 1. And I think he's flown a little bit under the radar with how good some of the other top tier golfers have been, specifically Dustin Johnson and John Rahm. But remember, Justin Thomas has found himself in the winner's circle recently as well. He won the WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational just a handful of starts ago. And he played well at the Tour Championship to wrap up his 2020 season. And then the last time we saw him was a top 10 at the U.S. Open. He has just an absolute complete game from tee through green. And this is a no-cut event. And what we know about Justin Thomas is if you guarantee him four rounds, he tends to thrive. There was a time where he was, and he still might be, just an absolute no-cut specialist. A lot of his victories have come in either uh, smaller field and or no-cut events. So the CJ Cup this week at Shadow Creek should absolutely set up well for him. And he's the number three ranked player in the world. When you compare him against his peers, in a same similar pricing situation, I think I'd rather have Justin Thomas at 12 to 1 than maybe a 
Dustin Johnson at eight and a half to one, maybe over John Rahm at 10 to one. I don't think that uh, Justin Thomas, or I do think that Justin Thomas has just as much win equity as a lot of the other golfers in this field. And to, to pin him with a 12 to one number in a, in an only 78 man field, I think it's well worth the value when you're focusing on the top of the, of the betting board. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. Of course, we also welcome our radio partners from around the country. Big shout out to our Golf on Demand as well. And we stay here with golf. If you watch the early line, you know on Wednesdays we bring in our guy, the raging redhead, Cam Stewart. It is an honor and a privilege as always, brother man. How you feeling this week? <laughs> Got to be honest with you, Dane. Uh, that football game didn't uh, treat me very well uh, last yo. night. But but I will say this: <laughs> I did. I have been betting on the Atlanta Braves, so it's kind of like Peter's okay. paying Paul. So that that's the good yeah. news. <laughs> I like that. You know, we were just talking earlier in the show. We thought it was crazy that the LCSs go seven days in a row. But what do you know? Both of these teams may have a little bit of a break before the World <laughs> Series if it plays out this way. But let's get into the golf world. We're going to get into the tournament that's going this week, the CJ Cup. But first, I have to mm -hmm. ask you, because last week I mentioned Tony Finau withdrew, yep. right? And it's always, I feel like, and this is a horrible, unfortunate thing to say. But I feel like people stand up and take notice depending on like how marquee of a name these people are, right? The Tennessee Titans mm -hmm. had like 15 people. Then all of a sudden when it was like a wide receiver or a fantasy relevant player, it's like, oh, you know, Cam Newton is apparently more important than everybody else than practice squad players, right? Yep. And so let's apply that to, you know, first soccer where Cristiano Ronaldo now tests positive for COVID. But in the golf world, world number one, Dustin Johnson has tested positive for COVID and has withdrawn from the tournament. This is so interesting to me, Cam, because, you know, it's an individual sport not a team mm -hmm. sport. It's a sport that's played outdoors. It was one of the first sports to come on back, and it kind of rotates from city to city every week, right? Talk to me. How does this go down? Is there any protocols that are different in the PGA than some of these other sports? Are they handling it any differently? Or is this just a case of like, listen, people are going to get this disease? Yeah, I think it's a little bit from all columns there. Like, golf has yeah. been one of the best with this. Remember when it started... They had, a, they had a couple early cases, and they nipped it in the bud. Like when Cam, Cam Champ and, Champ, and the, those yeah. guys, yeah, remember when he got he's like, listen, dude, you can't, like, you can't go to your gym, your local gym. Right. We, have, we, we set up facilities here at the tournament. You stay here. Like, you know what I mean? And the thing is, too, it is an individual sport, but you also have to remember, these guys have a lot of handlers and team, team guys, right? They have friends. They have sure. swing coaches. They have, uh, you know, muscle and fitness guys. Some guys need shrinks because they don't know how to win tournaments, right? So these guys are all hanging around, and who knows who they interact with. But I will say this. You know, Dustin Johnson, a little bit – like, when the news came out, I'm like, wow, it was shocking. Like, the go golf has had no positive cases – 
almost for like months. And then all of a sudden we have Tony Finau and Dustin Johnson. Yeah. So what is this telling you? It's telling you we have a we, we have a world problem, Dane. We have a problem right. where, you know what like I mean? The it's not second just, wave could be real. That's the thing. What did, what did Dustin Johnson do? Did like Was the butler away one day and he had to go get Pauline and some like, you know, hey, I'll pick up a bottle of wine. I hope Pauline is okay. Or, <laughs> I hope Pauline is okay, Cam. I would say this. If he's got it, she's probably got it. Like I could tell you one thing. If I have COVID and you're, you're sleeping with your girlfriend and hanging out, yeah, my like, wife she's is probably going to get COVID. Yeah, so, but uh, yeah. it was really weird to see Dustin uh, Johnson get it there. But the PGA Tour has been good. But in two weeks, Tony Finau and DJ, crazy. And, and well, now without Dustin Johnson, it leaves your guy, John Rahm, a little lonely at the top. <laughs> so my guy. as we, as we head into the tour, I just feel like every single time you've ever said John yeah. Rahm is going to do well, it's been bang on. Like, yeah. It's one of, so, and obviously, I mean, it helps when a guy's playing as well as he is, but Rom, our favorite without DJ there. I, I mean, when you look at the top of the board for the CJ mm -hmm. Cup cam, do your, are your eyes instantly drawn to Rom? I, I got to be honest with you. Uh, I can't bet him at that price. And guys, take a look at the Ooh. guys at the top. Rom hasn't played in weeks. Yeah, your boy Rick uh, at the start, he brings up a lot of good points about Justin Thomas. This JT, guy, even yeah. though, yeah, JT, if he's not playing in no in no cut field events right now, there's a 78 man tournament. It's not the usual huge field. It's it's not too small. It's kind of it's very much in the middle. But Justin Thomas loves these type of tournaments. He can come out of nowhere. He has like a smooth 62 a lot of the time. He does well in these events. I looked at him. I'm like, eh, what, what has he been doing? He's been rusty. So McElroy, he's got a kid now. Shoffley, hmm. very good player. I Like I did, look, like out of those guys, out of the chalk, with the four guys at the top, I would take Thomas or Shoffley actually over Rom or McElroy. But I'm going to start with Wolf. Oh, guys, he got close last week. And I'll tell you, man, that three-man yeah. playoff, I hear, I hear when uh, Diane Knox uh, hit Martin Laird, another fellow Scott, at 250-1. to one. It was a three-man yeah. playoff, and the Wolfman was there. And he came out of nowhere. He didn't even play his best get golf. You're getting me at 16-1. to one. He's in form. He's already been in Vegas for a long time. He can play any type of course, short, long. This is basically a regular course, just over 7,200 yards. Um, and But it's very different than desert golf, too. He can play anywhere. This is different, guys. It is lush. Most desert courses very rocky. You can hit the ball anywhere. Mm. You know, that's why people like uh, Bryson DeChambeau. This plays more like a regular traditional courses. There's water on half the holes. There's trees. You can get you can get stuck. There's hazards. So I, I'm just going to tell you, Matt Wolf has the game to play anywhere. He's playing a lot. He's in form. And at that price, I like him better than the other guys. Cool. You know, I, I did see from Rick's video, you have mentioned it now as well. The idea that this tournament is a no cut tournament, right? Yeah. Go a little bit deeper into that for me, Cam, because, you know, in my novice ways, knowing about golf, right? Like you still got to put up the best score. Doesn't the guy who wins usually be someone who made the cut anyway? Or are you telling me this opens up the door to people to kind of have two you know, subpar mm -hmm. rounds on a, on a Thursday or Friday, but a guy who still has the ability to go low could be hanging around still on a Saturday, go eight under, and then get themselves back in it? Is that the strategy between some guys being more live in a no-cut tournament that they're liable to even go low if they're coming from all the way back? It's not a strategy. It's just um, the cut a lot of the time when players don't make the cut, it's usually within 10 strokes. And you're like, well, okay, how is he going to win the tournament? He can. Yeah. 
because these guys are professional okay. golfers and they have the ability to shoot like a 60 and a 61 when another gotcha. guy puts up a 72. That's 11 strokes. Like last week, I looked at Bryson DeChambeau lost 15 strokes to Wolf in one round. DeChambeau was plus five, Wolf's minus 10. That's 15 damn shots. So the, the cut line, it's important. Like in a regular tournament, you could have a guy that's just starting to peak and he just misses the cut and you go, man, I really wish he made it because he could have been there on the weekend. He had a horrible first round and he figured something out in the second round. The no cut event basically just brings a lot of guys that are lower on the board and gives them the ability to go really low and get back in the tournament. And another thing it does it helps live betting because you know what I mean? Your guy's always around. Mm -hmm. He's not He's not at home. Sure. So you can look at those guys at 70, 80 to 1, right? That are sure. about six, seven shots off the pace. So this is a weird tournament, though, guys. The CJ Cup, it's supposed to be in Korea, but because of COVID, now they're playing Vegas. So this is the second week of the Vegas swing. It's very different than the tournament last week, though, as I mentioned. That other tournament, a lot of bombers, a lot of guys like that were in contention. But this plays, it, it, for, for desert golf, it plays more like a regular traditional kind of tree-lined course with hazards. And that's interesting because that, that brings in a lot of different players into the mix. You could be a small ball hitter. You could be a big ball hitter. You know what I mean? So basically this week what we're looking for is proximity to the green, irons, and as always, you got to putt well. If you have a good putting weekend, you're going to be there. But that's what I like about this tournament. There's actually a lot of guys that can win it. So I know we're coming up close to the break here. So... We might have to carry it to the other side, although maybe <laughs> I will be the only one interested in doing such. But yeah. as we look at the names, right, DJ's out, Bryson's out. But who's back, Cam? Brooks Kepka. Oh, no. Back in the mix. Kev, it feels like, like it's been a year <laughs> since I've seen his name. What do we think about Brooks? You know what, Kev? Like, like I have a pot of coffee before I talk to you guys on Wednesday morning. I, I here's what Brooks Kepka could do. He can, he could stay at the hotel for all I care. <laughs> wow. I don't know what the guy. I, I'm going to tell you something. If he, if he wins the tournament, Kev, I got to come on the show about Kevin Walsh. What a pick with Brooks Kepka. I, I'm just going to say, like, Put I don't this. know what this guy. Are you going to hold true to it? <laughs> I will, enough, well, listen, I will. Cam, oh, I'm pretty. We do have to though. get to the break, though. Okay, mm -hmm. we do have to get to sure. the break, though, Cam. But I love what you say about the no cut event, right? There's that old axiom: you can't win a golf tournament on a Thursday, but you could lose it in a no cut yes. tournament. Maybe you can't even lose it on Thursday. When we right. come back, though, I gotta bounce some NFL stories off you. We still got CJ Cup value. We'll do all that and more when we come back right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Fantasy Sports Today. Mahomes threw for 340 yards. Almost all of this was in the fourth quarter. 21 rushing yards, three touchdowns, one interception. He rushed for a touchdown. Fantasy numbers were great, but this was not the best Mahomes game that I've seen. Uh, I guess, Joe, the way to beat the Chiefs is you got to outscore them, and there's really no other way around it. And they did storm back late to make a game of this. But this was a very... 
Hey, welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line, and we continue to be joined by our guy, the raging redhead, Cam Stewart, talking about the PGA and the CJ Cup. By the way, Cam, you know, we got the we got the Masters in like a few weeks, right? So we got to keep our eye out on that and how players may be, you know, uh, sharpening their game for that mm -hmm. objective is intriguing to me. But with all of this considered, we know that, you know, there's no Dustin Johnson. We know it's the desert course and all this. Who you like this week, Cam? Okay, so if you're going to play straight chalk and you don't want to listen to me out of the big big guys I told you, I love Justin Thomas. He's he, he's he's the guy. But I'm going to go a little bit deeper. Oh, 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 you know I love the Wolf, man. He's been good to me. Yeah, a lot of top fives and tens. Come on, Matthew Wolf. Let's bring it home big like we like the old days when I bet you at 80 to 1 and you won your first tournament. Hmm. He's 16 to 1 on FanDuel. I like it. Guys, I could use a big, fat, juicy burger loaded. Run it through the garden twice yeah. with Daniel Berger. Give me Daniel Berger, too. 28 to 1. What about our friend? Friend of the program, Colin Morikawa, 21. So those are guys I like. Wolf at 16, Morikawa wow. at 21, and Berger at 28. You're looking for a few bombs. Joaquin Neiman uh, fits that bill at 45 to 1 in very good form. And two guys, half-unit plays, Russell Henley and mm. Brian Harmon. Russell Henley is 80 to 1, Harmon 100 to 1. Let's rock. Can I ask you, because I know we're going to move on to football, but this mm -hmm. is a feeling, usually you, you throw a six-pack, the Morikawa price, why that feels low? Again, I I know I don't know as much uh, on golf, but like I think just last week, I know he was at a shorter price than that. Is it a more stacked field? Is it a course that doesn't play to his strengths? Is he in bad form? Because that that is a number. Just we've been doing this long enough, Cam, to where I can mm -hmm. at least associate guys with certain prices. That feels like he's been bumped down. Great observation. Yeah, that's why I'm betting him. What, the guy had one bad week in Vegas because he didn't play play back? It's his hometown, maybe, you know, his girlfriend. He's got a lot of, the guy's got a lot of commitment, commitments. He's a major winner now. He should be 15 mm -hmm. to 1, not not 21 to 1. I'm with you. Like, when I saw that number, it actually popped up, I think, originally at like 25. I should have jumped on him. Like, wow. that's wrong. That number is way, way off. And I'm going to take anything over 15, 16. He should be where Wolf is. I'll take Morikawa at 21, thank you, and take my chances. Hey, fair enough, Cam. I gotta tell you, when you mentioned in the burger and all that stuff, I wanna, I wanna, I gotta inform you of something. I don't know if you know about this, Cam. I, I love you, bro. I feel like we are kindred spirits, but from different life experiences in many ways, right? And so they got stuff in the bodegas here in New York City, okay, called a chopped cheese. Do you know what a chopped cheese is, Cam? Your chopped yeah, cheese. Is that, is that, right. is that so on, check this a out. chopped cheese? Is it on a big hoagie with like chopped it, up it steak and some cheese? It can be. Yeah, what yeah, it is, though, yeah. imagine your ground beef, right, that you make for a burger, but right. right in the ground beef, that's where you put the good stuff. That's where you put the onions and the mushrooms and the peppers and all that stuff literally in there, and then you sloppy Joe it up. And in my hood, we call it a chopped cheese. When you thought about burger, you got me thinking about lunch, brother man. <laughs> that but sounds I amazing. Let's turn. Oh, trust me. Huh? It is, bro. <laughs> Let's go to the NFL, though. Cam, um, on yep. Wednesdays, Kevin and I, we like to do some things what we call watch for the hook, okay? Because as you know, mm -hmm. lines move throughout the week. So there are times where if you got a three and a half, a six and a half, a seven and a half, it's like get it now before it disappears. And there were a few games like that this week. You see some of them on the screen here. And I know you may be intrigued by the hook in that Baltimore-Philly game. What do you think? Are you trying to grab the hook now or are you waiting on that game? 
Here's the thing. Baltimore beat Cincinnati, but let's remember, Patrick Queen, the rookie at LSU, he played a great game. Like That's the thing. The defense was fantastic. I'm not taking anything away, but I've seen the Ravens' offense regress a little bit, right? They, the Bengals got them off the field a lot, and but the defense won that game and covered that game for Baltimore. The Eagles, what do you get from them? You get a good effort. That hook at seven and a half, that's big to me. I think Philadelphia could hang around and maybe lose a heartbreaker in this game. So looking at those games, I would also look at Cleveland. Like if I were to make two bets mm. right now, like Cleveland played Pittsburgh tough when they sucked. Now, now Baker Mayfield says, <laughs> Mama didn't raise no wuss. My ribs are fine. Yeah. He's got Beckham, Landry. Everything's going. They got a running game with Hunt. Doesn't even matter that Chubb's not around. This team is different. They got a defensive line that attacks you. Cleveland is not the same old Browns. I'm telling you, Pittsburgh minus three and a half. Philly hung in that game, right? My boy Chase Claypool had four touchdowns. I got him at 125 to one to win rookie of the year. I don't think that's going to happen. He's got to do it every week. But I will. But no, no, it would. Oh God, that would be amazing. But I will say this, guys. I look at. Give, give, give me the give me the hook with the brownies and ah ah ah, Kev. I'll fly with your birds this week. I'm a Seahawk and I'll. Fly. We'll look for some fish with an eagle. Time. We're we're flying. Let's go, Eagles, baby. I mean, I you know I love it. Obviously, I, I wanted. There is no number on the board that has yep. stood out to me since it's been posted. Like next week's Sunday nighter. Okay, this yep. Rams Niners. The movement is unimaginable. The look ahead line was the Niners laying three. They yep. Pumped by the Dolphins, and now the Rams on the road are laying three and a half. And I want to expand on the game more if we can, but I wanted to ask you just specifically, Cam, how have you found betting primetime games this year? Because I feel like there's a lot of nights where at the end of a primetime game, people are like, wow, that is just... Like, it just feels like there's always something drastic. Like, we look at last night, even if I were to tell people I like the Titans, 42-16? Like, I know. That, that is wild. I think back to last Sunday where the Eagles upset the Niners. Did I feel like it could happen? Yes. But maybe I was, you know, out on an island. Before we even talk Rams-Niners, if you'll allow me, Dane, but, like, what do you think just about betting prime time five weeks into the season? I got to tell you, it's been the best for me. When we're doing in-game live with George, I give George a lot of credit. He nails props. I had the Eagles outright that night. He didn't bet that game. But every other game, we've been on the same side. Uh, Crazy games with Seattle. Like, Minnesota was one of our top picks of the week. We're like, they're a desperate team. They cover the number. I don't know what it is, Kev. Other than this stupid Tuesday night game that they're not going to have any more of (laughs) where I bet on Buffalo because my head was in space. Maybe because I do the show with Gabe and he's uh, giving me Bill's propaganda. But whatever it was, it cost me a lot of money. I I did get brainwashed. I love those Sunday games. I I love those Sunday night games. And they've been classics. Guys, take a look at the Sunday menu from the start of the year. The Saints, Saints uh, Packers game was great for a while. Mm-hmm. Seattle, New England came down to the last play. Philadelphia beat San Francisco outright. Crazy comeback by the Seahawks. Every Seahawks game on primetime is either going to be one play to win or lose the game. So I got to tell you, I really like those games. And looking at your board there, I'm sorry. If you're giving me three and a half with San Francisco, sure, they had a bad game. I'm not laying three and a half with the Rams. Screw that. All right, let me ask you. Let's <laughs> stick here for a little bit. 
Cam, I'm not going to ask you about a game. I'm going to ask you about a whole division, this NFC yep. West, right? Seattle, mm -hmm. dangerous. We all know about him. Obviously, you're pleased with that. The Super Bowl hangover potentially in San Francisco. I was on Arizona going into this season. I think they are delivering on most of what people thought. And, you know, Kevin was on the Rams. I was a little bit low on the Rams, but I think they are a lot more physical up front, and it's changing their run game. Let me ask True. you this. Who do you think will finish in last place in the NFC West, Kim? Wow, what a great question. Uh, I'm going to say San Francisco. Is that crazy? Really? Really? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I, know I if they you. can read. I, I, I would say I, would, I, I would know say, it's a tough question. But it's tough. Like okay. to me, it's a coin flip between San Francisco okay. and Arizona. Because Arizona's coming okay, back down me. to earth. Sure. Yes, actually, Arizona. Arizona beat the okay. Jets, big deal. Arizona's been bad the last couple of weeks. Murray, you know what? I got a real problem, okay. not just with my fantasy. Drake. No one no mm. one like, like mm. Seinfeld, no one likes That's the why Drake. I think Arizona this guy could hates be the Drake too. for Lev Bell. It makes sense because and I don't understand another thing. Cliff Kingsbury, I don't know what it is with Drake, but Chase Edmonds catches balls out of the backfield. He's a better fantasy guy. I got both guys on my teams. I'm yeah. in four leagues. No, I'm like, right. But how do I start Chase Edmonds over Drake? Because they, But Drake has been awful. He has been horrible. In PPR, and right, you got to pull the trigger and make that switch, Cam. In PPR, yeah, I, you got to make that switch. It's a half PPR in, in the league there, but I'm telling you, I'm so sick and tired. Like, I put Drake out there, and I'm just getting beat up. But that's a good point. Not Arizona. San Francisco will find a way to, to rebound, but I got to give Kevin credit then because I thought the Rams were going to be horrible. I have a bet with them, like, under eight wins this year. I was maybe on I was under way, also. Maybe I was way off because I didn't think they were good. I thought they were going to regress. Actually, at the start of the year, I thought they would definitely – be the last place team in the NFC yeah. West for fun. Cam, I'm on the Bears it, under yeah. eight as well. I'm on the Bears under eight as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm we got problems. We got we, the we got problems. We I know. <laughs> I had the Raiders under eight and a half as well. I believe oh, you know. And some buddy, of these I got the Colts. Hey, I got the Colts everywhere. <laughs> Philip Rivers' arm's gonna fall off. I'm like, what an idiot, yeah. man! What am I doing? We're watching Tennessee. I, uh, are they gonna win that division? The Colts? Uh, I don't think but so. But this is why the Rams Niners game is. I I can't get over this game. Like because yeah. yeah, I I I thought the Rams would be better than most. I think people got unfortunately put in a bad spot. Yeah, the team that yeah. went to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. No one's betting against Russ, and everybody loved Arizona. Someone's got to finish in last. So people sold the Rams. But the Rams would have made the playoffs last year had there been seven teams like there are this year. So, mm -hmm. but now they're laying three and a half. And my thing with the Niners is this is why that question that Dane posed is very valuable. Because they're, they've played five weeks at home. They blew a 10 nothing lead to Arizona. Yep. Eagles and Miami, all games in the Bay that they could not get the job done in. And the reason I'm no longer in my survivor pools, by the way. Listen, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. plenty of people. But the problem with the Niners is, and listen, there's a lot, of, almost every team in the league, I can pick apart their resume. But the Niners' two wins are against the Jets and the Giants. Like, I know. For a lot of people, teams 31 and 32 in the league. So I look at this three and a half, and I'm telling you right now, I'm going to think about it every day until Sunday night, and I probably just won't be able to pull the trigger on either side because I – I understand this Rams value, but like, is this the basement of the Niners or do the Rams beat this team by 10 points because the Niners are this bad? Like, I just, 
I don't know what to it's do tough. with the number. I wish the Niners were still favored so I can go to the Rams. Like, but I can't do that anymore. So that's why this is a Sunday nighter that I you don't see lines move. Cam, six and a half points off a key number, favorite to dog to a key number, hook on the key number. We never yeah. see this. It's a crazy game, guys, and that's the thing. You, do you believe the 49ers can bounce back? Then you unload on them, right? But it's going to leave a sour taste in your mouth, like how bad Miami beat them. It was it was an absolute debacle. San Francisco's a very different team. Jimmy Garoppolo looks bad. They're just they're, they're, This is a real Super Bowl hangover. They've got big problems on that team. Every area of that team is is struggling right now, and it, it's, hard, it's hard to back these guys. I'm not, I, I don't know what to do. I will say this, guys, as a Seahawks fan, and I bet on Minnesota – be very careful. There's going to be spots, and I love these guys, but their defense, like they are the yeah. luckiest team in the league. And I'm, I'm a fan. They are the luckiest. Look how they won. New England, a, do- yeah. a goal line stop. Uh, oh, Metcalf's open. It should have, been, it should have been a pick. He finds a way to get it done. Last play of the game, bullet yeah. touchdown. Like, look at the way Seattle wins games. So, you know what I mean? That's the thing. Yeah, and the marketplace thinks they're here. We got to get out of here. We say it all the time. Is it luck? Or does Russ make luck happen? We'll find out. Thanks again, as always, Cam, for stopping by in the early line. You got it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line. Dan and Kevin, you know, Kev, we've been talking a little bit about college football as it related to the University of Florida, as it related to certain other schools like Baylor and Houston, who have had a lot of complications because of COVID. But, you know, as we go on, you know, we're going to have to start looking at these games, these teams, these lines, and getting action on them. We'll talk about some of the marquee games coming up, you know, Alabama, Georgia. But what's also interesting to me is we got Tuesday night football. We got, we're going to have football seven days a week including on wednesday we've got a college football game tonight i want to get your thoughts on it or in general we got coastal carolina and louisiana lafayette lafayette is minus seven and a half and you know college totals have always been in the 50s right so this one is at 58 and a half i don't know if it's a lean on the game but also here on the early line we're gonna need to start to return our attention to college football right Kev? no that and that's the thing you know a lot of people are, we're all kind of getting this realization of like, oh no, basketball's gone, and this yeah. is usually when basketball would be, right? Baseball's going to end, and that's natural. There's going to be no hockey. We're really still kind of uncertain water yeah. about college hoops and how that's all going to look. And I think we're going to find ourselves talking a little bit more about college football. You know, you and I were talking a little bit yesterday off air about just how often soccer was a part of the conversation for us. I mean, it was like our lead. Right talking point right and right. you know we just don't have enough time for it now with the kind of state of things so i think tonight's game is is actually pretty interesting because it's on espn it's in prime time 7 30 and we know football whether it be at the collegiate level or not is always an attractive option for people sure. big time baseball games on and here's the other thing quietly dane as much as these teams don't jump out to people in name the all valuable little number that sits next to Louisiana Lafayette of a 21 
is on the mm. board. This is actually a ranked team playing tonight yeah. in Louisiana Lafayette because they upset Iowa State earlier in the year. So Coastal Carolina comes in 3-0. Lafayette struggled and barely at the gun beat Georgia Southern last week. I think it's a spot where you'll if, if more casuals, and I say this respectfully because I'm of a similar ilk when it comes to these football teams, go, I'll lay 7.5 with the team that has the 21 against Coastal Carolina. But look, this yeah. Carolina team's been hanging around. I think it's a game to kind of keep our eye on because your Wednesday night footballs are going to become more a part of the conversation. Yeah. And just like in every other sport we've talked about, we'll see how variance plays out in college football. The morning after is up next. We'll be back here right tomorrow on the early line. For Kevin, I'm Dane. Have a great day. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.